Velkommen til The Scandinavian Podcast, en podcast, hvor du kan blive klogere på alt lige fra The Scandinavian som medlemsklub, kommende arrangementer, samt få nogle brugbare råd om golfsvinget, der kan prøves af ved næste besøg. I dag med direktør David og assisterende Golf Operations Manager Magnus, hvor vi i dag vil kigge nærmere på medlemsundersøgelsen. So David, could you just give us a little summary of the overall survey? Yeah, of course. Um, so the survey this year is a bit different, I think, because everybody's been locked down and at home. We had an absolutely amazing response. We actually had over 550 members responded to the survey. So that's amazing. Um, and I think when you get that level of response, you can pretty much use that to say that this is really is a fair reflection of what our members think. So um really brilliant and and of course we we need to say thank you to the members for taking the time um and taking the effort to tell us what they think we really do value that feedback yeah and what do we do with the information yeah well first of all it is an enormous amount of information there's 29 questions of which most of them have the opportunity to leave a comment And with 550 responses and, and a hell of a lot of comment, that takes time for all the management to take take their time and analyze what we think is the result of the survey. So in short, it gives us two, two lots of things. It gives us a set of data that we can use, and it also gives us a lot of feeling and, and emotional feedback. So we've got two things we can do. It gives us it gives us all the information we need to be able to set our our strategy for the short term, but also our strategy for the long term. So things like um, little projects like adding shoehorns to the to the members to the changing rooms or um, replacing the door handles in the clubhouse or adding light to the mirrors in the ladies' bathrooms. These are the really sort of short-term things that that we can just go, we see a comment and we think, actually, you know, that's absolutely right. It's really easy for us to change. Let's just do it immediately. And then there's other trends and, and other things in the survey which are much bigger and, and need a, a longer-term approach. So that's what we do. Um, in the past, just to to let everybody know, we've we do a lot of projects based on the survey. So I think sometimes people think that we just do what we think is the right thing to do. But there's many, many examples across the whole property of projects that we've done that have come from direct requests or direct responses in the survey. You know, I think we built a path on the 12th on old that was a direct request and suggestion from one of our lady members. We... Um, You know, the indoor training that we added to the clubhouse in the last few years, that came as a request from members in the survey. So there are loads of things that we do come, that come from this survey, but I guess that answers it. We, What do we do with the data? First of all, we take time to read it, analyze it, think about it, and then we set short-term actions and long-term actions. Yeah, you just mentioned that there were a lot of questions. I know that that we've used the the three first questions differently than the others. Yeah, so we use the first three questions to create a net promoter score. 
which is um, a measurement of general satisfaction across our golf club. It's a measure of how likely would our members be to recommend the Scandinavian to their friends and colleagues as a, as a great place to be. Um, and so, yes, we, we look at all the questions in detail. We look at all the comments. But actually, these three questions we actually use a little bit more because they, they give us a measurement of how satisfied are our members. Um, and, and that's how we use that bit. And our, our member satisfaction is really high. Our member satisfaction is 8.7 out of 10. So, um, so near nine out of every 10 person within our club would recommend this club to their friend, which is great. But I think if I take one thing from that is we are 0.1 less satisfied than one year ago. And that might seem like a really small number, but it's not something that we're happy with. Uh, it's something we're actually really disappointed with. We, we, of course, want to improve our member satisfaction every year. And yet there's a lot of things that could have affected that, like Corona and um, the lockdowns, the restrictions in the spring, the, the, the challenges through the year, the lack of social activities but it's still not okay. And, and we're gonna take this really seriously. You know, we're gonna take that 0 0.1 um, less satisfied than in previous years. And we're gonna work on that to make sure we take the right actions to make sure that that doesn't happen again in future. Yep. Um, so you mentioned some of the trends in the survey, but can you just like take the, the key trends uh, that came out of it? Yeah. I think the ones that spring out to me as really key now is practice facilities. Um, it's something that's a little bit unusual for me. In the UK and in Portugal, um, practice facilities are almost seen as like just an extra on your golf club. They're not really that important. They're the place where people warm up before they play. But in Scandinavia, and particularly at the Scandinavian, it's really important to our members that our practice facilities are great. Um, and I think it's taken us a little bit of time to just understand exactly how important that part of our club is. And um, certainly from our side, we now will look at, you know, how can we develop those over the next few years, but also how can we make them better immediately? Um, and and, and that's, that was one key trend. I think there's another trend which is probably quite understandable is that availability is still key and availability um, definitely was was worse in 2020 than it had been before. We had 14% more members in 2020 than we did in 2019, but we had over 50% more rounds of golf, which is a direct result of the fact that everything else was closed the fact that a lot of people were working from home and, and, and the fact that everybody was making the most out of golf last year. So we anticipate that that will improve. That's definitely going to get better in 2021. And, and certainly by the second half of 2021, I hope it's a little bit more normal. We'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, and, and we'll definitely do what we can to make sure the availability is protected at those really busy points in the week. Yep. 
So, um, Dave, from, from your point of view, are there any questions in the survey that are more important than the others? I think the honest answer is yes. Um, we wouldn't ask a question if we didn't want to know the answer. So every one of the questions has some value to us. But yeah, there are some questions that we look at and we we really need the answer to, to direct us. Um, you know, and I think I'll I'll highlight two because they're the ones that I always, when I first go to the survey and I want to see the result, I look at two questions. Um, the first one is where we ask the members to rank in order of importance, what is important to them in our golf club. And actually, it's funny, the first survey we did was my first year in Denmark in, in spring 2017. And this list of priorities hasn't changed since that day. It's actually amazing. Even all the way down the list of the, the 10 or 11 parts of our golf club, the list is exactly the same as it was. Even though the membership has doubled in size or, or nearly doubled in size, um, the list is still the same. And, and the priorities are quality of the golf course, availability of the golf course, and practice facilities in that order. And it has been for four years. So very, very clear indication for us of what we need to be spending our money on, taking as our effort, and, and, and that's what we need to do. So that's the, certainly the first question that I look at. And then this year we asked a slightly different question and, and we talked a lot about this particular question and whether we should ask it and how we should ask it. But for the first time we asked, our, we asked the members if the Scandinavian was going to change and was going to have an option, would the members prefer to have more availability created by having less members and would the members be willing to pay the extra that it would cost to, to be able to have that availability. Um, there is, of course, lots and lots of speculation about this. We have members come in and talk to us about that they would much prefer to have 800 members. And we have members who say we would much prefer it to be like it was five years ago. And we get that. We completely understand, you know, it's nicer when it's quieter. But there is a balance in the finances that needs to be achieved. We're close to that now. We're close to where we want to be. So the only way to have less members is if the members decide to pay more or if we have more external activity to generate the money, um, like company days or green fee players. So we asked the question, and um, I guess I was a little bit surprised by the response. But, you know, the data doesn't lie. And 76% of our members would prefer to stay as we are. They would prefer to pay the 25000 for a senior membership like we are now and have the amount of members that we are rather than having less members and paying more. And that is a really important message to us that the price point we are at and the satisfaction we deliver is in general where people want us to be. Um, now, this question doesn't 
address quality. So it doesn't talk about if people pay more, would, would people pay more for a different level of quality? It doesn't ask that question. This is purely about availability. Um, and, and we asked it this year, particularly because of the challenges with availability last year created by coronavirus. So um, pretty clear message in that question about where we sit in terms of price and availability. And I guess in general, um, the message is pretty clear that where we are is acceptable, where we are is where people want to be. And, and in general, people don't necessarily want us to be less people. Um, so that those those two were the key questions for me. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned golf courses as, as a high priority for the members, and there were some questions specifically about the golf course. Can you just sum those up? Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the things that we always get from the survey is that above anything else, we are a golf club. And above anything else, people are here because of the quality of our golf courses. So, yes, the member benefits are important. Yes, the quality of the burger is important. Yes, the, the how we present the terrace is important. But above anything else, the quality of the golf course has to be at the level we want. And, um, you know, we have some challenges. We know those challenges. We know some of them come from water. We know some of them come from, you know, the climate in this region. We know some of them come from the type of grasses that we have. But our focus has to remain 100% on making sure that we get the best quality out of our golf courses. So um, I'm not going to talk too much about the actual actions that we're going to take because that's going to come in a, in a future edition or in a course update from me and Russell together. Um, but yeah, for sure, there, there were plenty of comments about the greens, but we are taking those seriously. Um, and, and we've put a, a new process in to try and achieve more speed and more firmness on the greens. Um, it involves... Uh, much more top dressing and a different type of top dressing sand, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, but yeah, I think the satisfaction of our golf courses is still very, very high. Um, you know, the satisfaction of our bunkers is is much better than we would expect at most other golf courses. The satisfaction of our um, of our golf courses in general has actually improved over the years. But it's still not enough for us. You know, we always want to get better and better and better. Um, the reservoir is going to be key. That is absolutely key to our fairways. It's ab absolutely key to the presentation of the driving range. It's key to the presentation of the of the grass paths we have on the golf course. It's key to the, you know, the density of the grass around the greens. So... A lot of our challenges on the golf course will be overcome by having more water. But, you know, we'll never be happy. We always want to get better every year. And, and, and of course, the golf course is the, is the biggest showpiece for our club. Um, and we, we've got to put as much time and effort and energy and money into, the, into that part of the business. Yeah. Thank you, David. Um, you just mentioned the burger in the restaurant. And there were some questions about the restaurant as well in the survey. Um, what did they uh, What did they tell us about the restaurant? Yeah, actually, um, 
I think it tells us that Pear runs a really brilliant operation. Um, the, the couple of questions that we ask about the restaurant are incredible, to be honest. I think I'm just, just looking at them now, but they are we're pretty much 8.5 out of 10 on satisfaction of the, the restaurant and of the cafe. And both those two questions have improved since last year. So um, I think in general, our members are really happy and satisfied with, with what we provide as a food and beverage offering. I think if there's one thing that's come up through this survey is that we need to look at on-course food and beverage. We've definitely, we're, we're definitely missing out on something, um, you know, and in the same way as we do with Russell and in the same way that we do with the rest of the team, Pear has access to the responses, Pear has a, access to the comments, and we'll create an action plan to make sure that we, we don't just say, okay, we're happy with the restaurant, but we actually keep getting better and better and better. Um, and I would imagine that at some point in the, in the near future, we'll be able to explain what we're going to do on the golf course and hopefully add some new services and food and beverage options on there as well. But in general, um, we are ha really happy with the level of food, the level of offering, the hours of service, the quality of service, the quality of product. Um, you know, yep. food, food in a golf course is always a controversial topic because all, it's very subjective. Um, and, and there's always some people that like it and some people that think there should be more salad and some people think there should be more burgers. And, you know, it is very subjective. But And that's why sometimes we have to look at the data a little bit more than the comments. And, and in this area, people people and the members seem to be extremely satisfied with what we do. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the, there is a lot of, of questions and numbers. Um but can you please try to talk us through which key actions will be taken now? Yeah, so there are some key actions on the golf course. Uh, and again, I'm not going to talk too much about those because they're going to come from Russell in the course update. And we'll talk about how we're going to, what we're doing to improve the greens, what we're doing to improve the fairways. We'll talk about those in a slightly separate issue. Um, I'll talk about some of the other ones. And I think, first of all, we've already planned some maintenance time on the driving range. Uh, I think in the past we've not done enough on the driving range. So we've planned a bit of maintenance uh, on the 22nd and 23rd of March. We'll close for a few hours on those days and we've already just doubled our range ball order. So in the past we'd we thought that our range balls could last a particular amount of time and we could rotate them and things like that. You know, that's clear that we just can't do it. And actually it's clear that we shouldn't be doing it and we should have great range balls. And so we've got 20,000 new range balls going into the system. That wasn't something we'd planned. It's something that is a direct result of the fact that that is so important to the members and we'll do that immediately. Um, so first one, more focus more time, energy, resources on the driving range and practice facilities. I think then, uh, and I think this is a challenge for all golf clubs, is communication. I think we communicate okay. You know, we're the first golf club to do a podcast. We're the first um, golf club to communicate in different mediums. We have really great opening rates in our, media, in our newsletter. But again, like everything else, we've got to get better. We've got to keep improving. 
And so we've changed our communication style a little bit. We now write one newsletter every week with less content and with less click-throughs. So certainly one of the feedbacks in the, in the in the survey was that people are frustrated that they have to click and log in every time they want to read a piece of news. So we will try and put more content on the front of the newsletter. Um, and of course, then we still have the dashboard, which is always up to date, where people can find out their information. But we'll, uh, we'll definitely be working on uh, better communication. And then I think also our club is now 10 years old. And um, whilst everything was brand new and shiny and clean in the early years, we have we now have more traffic, more members, more customers, more use of the facility, more wear and tear, and the, the facilities are getting older. So we need to invest time, energy, money into the building and the facilities. And we already started that now. You know, we've... Um, we've done the flooring in the members lounge and the meeting room we're working on the furniture we've done the terrace, we've added the umbrellas we've resurfaced the car parks on the way to the range um, there's a lot of things that we're doing but we need to continue that we need to generate as much money as we can to put back into the facilities to make sure they stay at the high level that we all expect because you know, over the next five years if we don't invest in these facilities, they will only go backwards. So it's really important that we focus on them, focus on the cleaning, focus on the maintenance to make sure that this amazing building stays amazing for, for as long as we're here. And they, they would be the key actions that I can highlight. Big actions. I mean, there's going to be 20, 30, 40 small little actions that we do. Um, but in terms of the big ones, Focus on the golf course, focus on the practice, communication, and focus on cleaning and maintenance of the facilities would be the four that, that I would say would be big key actions for us. Yeah. Thank you, David. Um, I think that answers the majority of the questions. If if not, and you still have some questions out there, uh, please let us know. Uh, just one little thing. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's important just to, to also say that... Um, even though the survey is done annually, this year is slightly different because we're actually working on a new five-year plan. So there was a five-year plan in place for the golf club before I arrived, and that five-year plan has pretty much been fulfilled. That five-year plan was about filling up the membership and, and reaching a financially stable position, which has been done. We're now in a new phase where we're building a new five-year plan and the information from the survey um, will be used as a big, big part of how we set our strategy for the next five years. And, and I would say that certainly the, the data and the importance of the practice facilities and some of the clear messages that come out of the survey will definitely be in our minds as we set the next five-year strategy. So again, I think if I could just thank everybody who gave any input into this survey because effectively by doing that they are helping us set the direction for the next the next period um, to make sure that we build the type of golf club that the members want um, 
So I think that's that's one point. And then there's an, another point that I would just like to take. There's a few misunderstandings in the survey. So I think, like any survey, you get some interesting comments um, that don't come up very often. As a management team, if something only comes up once in a survey, it's unlikely we will address it because that's generally a individual opinion. What we look for is where one comment might come up five, six, seven, ten or more times because that gives us uh, an indication that that is a theme that runs throughout the membership, not just one person's idea. But there is a few things that have come up multiple times that are incorrect through misunderstanding or lack of communication. So I'm just going to talk just for one minute about a couple of those. Um, the first one is, is company days. The amount of company days at the Scandinavian has not grown in the last few years. We actually have less company days now than we've ever had before. Also, we, we now no longer close the golf course for a full day for a company day. When we have a company day, we, we close for the amount of hours we need to deliver a great company day. And, but it's very, very normal that either a company day is in the morning and the golf course is reopened for the afternoon or the other way around. So I think it's important just to clarify that company days is reducing um, and, and the golf course is closed for company days for less time than it's ever been before. Um, the second one is a strange one. It's about the location of the car park. So we had loads and loads of comments about why is the car park so far away from the clubhouse? And just to answer that question, it's not by choice. We wish the car park was closer. Um, and we completely agree with all the members who would like the car park closer. However, there is an ancient burial site on the side of the driving range which we are not allowed to build within 50 meters of, which is, this, which is the reason why the path and the road between the clubhouse and the car park is in a sort of arc, and that's why the car park is built where it is. It's not something we can change. It's not something we will ever overcome, um, but I hope that just clarifies why the car park is where it is, uh, and, and I hope that 150-meter walk won't kill anyone in the next... Uh, in the next period. And then the, the, the last point that I think I should clarify is the amount of traffic and walkers around the property. So our land is private land with public access and the public are welcome to come and use this area um, for exercise or for enjoyment. They must stay on the paths and they must use the land responsibly, but they are absolutely allowed to use it. And um, internally now as management, we, we are working hard on making sure that the people who use our area know how to use it safely. So we're going to put some different signage around. We're, we're going to get in better contact with our neighbors through their local Facebook groups. There's some new markings going to be on the roads to try and direct people into areas that are that are more safe and, and have less impact but it's not something we're going to be able to change we are going to have the public on this property in the in the future um it's about for us trying 
trying to find the best way that we can coexist with the public, keeping them safe, but also meaning that they don't ruin the enjoyment of, of the golfers. Um, so that was something that came up quite a lot in the survey, and, and I hope that's answered that question. Um, but that's it. Um, thank you again to everybody who filled in the survey. It really is vital that we know the thoughts. Um, you know, please don't wait if you have more feedback until next January. You know, we are always open. Um, we, we like to think that we will always take the feedback. We take it seriously. Of course, we can't action every single comment and every single piece of feedback we get. We have to filter that and, and work out what is important. But we really do appreciate the feedback and, and we understand that the feedback is always constructive and in a way just to make the place better. So again, just thank you and, and please keep that feedback coming. På vegne af The Scandinavian og vores podcast vil jeg gerne takke af for denne gang og sige tak fordi I lyttede med. Har I nogle spørgsmål, der kunne være interessante at vende for fremtiden, må I endelig kontakte os eller henvende jer i receptionen.